0: Hooked on Sports. You are listening to Hooked on Sports on Spotify, Copy RSS, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the show, here's John Flynn. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Hooked on Sports. This is episode number 23 of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn and thank you so very much for joining me tonight. I'm recording. It's 7.30 on the East Coast, 7.30 p.m. It is Wednesday, March 25th. And if in an ideal situation, tomorrow would be opening day across... Major League Baseball, but obviously that's not the case because of the COVID nineteen. Th- this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast tonight because so because we have two main topics of conversation we need to get into before b- before my main topic, which is about, about about sports trivia, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but. We have a couple of big, uh, a couple of big stories uh, in sports. We'll get into. And we'll get into the Olympics being postponed for a year in a little bit, and why I think it's a blessing in disguise. But the most immediate news of the week so far in the sports world is that New York Mets star pitcher Noah Syndergaard tore his UCL and is going to get Tommy John surgery tomorrow, and it's over for Noah Syndergaard and the New York Mets. This was supposed to be the last stand of the Mets' rotation as we knew it. With the team possessing a top-five rotation in baseball, the bullpen would be stronger because rotation depth would spill over into the bullpen, which was part of the strategy Brody Van Wagenen tried to incorporate this offseason because of how healthy the Mets rotation was last year compared to years past and their vulnerabilities. But sheesh, with this news of Syndergaard needing Tommy John surgery, it changes the entire equation, not only with the Mets, with where Rick Porcello and Michael Walker have won rotation spots by default because... Uh, They were going to battle for that final rotation spot. But this changes the equation in the NLEs too. That maybe the Phillies get a couple of wins. The Nats might be stronger. The Braves might might get better as well. Because they wouldn't have to face Syndergaard a few times a year. But the thing is, I had the Mets missing the playoffs with Noah Syndergaard too. that That a healthy Mets team last year only won 86 games with a healthy rotation. But now thinking bigger picture, and I mentioned the strategy of Brody Van and incorporating uh, the strategy he did. But I, I said this on numerous occasions regarding Brody Van Wagenen, even right after he was hired, that the end result of the hire of Brody Van Wagenen will either be really good, uh, full of riches, or really bad, full of of rags, and the franchise gets set back several years because of of what he did to try to improve the team now uh, in, in mortgaging the future. And this injury news really exposes a huge flaw in the initial strategy that the team put out in the last couple of years, assuming the roster wouldn't revolve around ifs, and the, a lot of the ideas surrounding Sandy Alderson's uh, teams uh, during his eight years as GM were were revolved around some of the ifs, and and um, and, and that's why uh, Sandy Alderson wasn't particularly. Um, a bullish about signing uh, big big time players um, uh, through free agency because of the risks that that it could give to the rest of rest of the team, and obviously that that equation changed a little bit when the when he signed Cespedes to that four year one hundred and ten million dollar contract a couple of, uh, three years ago, but. If the Mets really had a grip and really had a clue, they needed to remember to um to that that the rotation was always revolving around ifs and if they stayed healthy, the rotation could be a, as as good of a boon for any franchise as any has had in years. But Brody Van Wagen obviously put the ga- huge gamble on the future by trading. For Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz last winter. Cano last year was pedestrian, and Edwin Diaz couldn't stop giving up ninth inning home runs. But the and, and Brodie Van Wagenen uh, traded Jared Kelnick and Justin Dunn, and Jared Kelnick uh, could, could be the next. Um, could be the next Jay Buner and Justin Dunn. Uh, could be uh, could be the future ace of the Seattle Mariners. And when you think about Justin Dunn and what the Mets could have done if they didn't trade, uh, uh, if they didn't trade for Cano and Diaz, is that if with this Syndergaard injury news, that Justin Dunn probably would have been the Mets number three starter right about now. And Brody Van Wagenen talked and stressed about it in his press conferences that the entire roster construction wasn't about the ifs. Well, guess what? One of his ifs was the the rotation staying healthy, and and Justin Dunn would have been would have been there had they not made that big trade, and. Also, think about this for a second, that you, you subtract a brief sit on the injured list from Zach Wheeler, you subtract a brief sit on the injured list for Jacob deGrom, but last year was the only year where the Mets projected rotation and the, and the rotation the Mets set out with the season with stayed relatively healthy the entire year, and the Mets still missed the playoffs by three games. And also, and also note that you have to think about the legacy of the stream rotation the Mets aspired to put together. And this was part of the uh, part of the envisioning Sandy Alderson had, that the most talked about group of prospects the game had seen in about thirty to forty years when when you think about <clears throat> all, all the surplus of talent the Mets had in the minors, when they were all down there and and with the with the five starting pitchers with Matt Harvey Jacob Degrom Noah Syndergaard Stephen Matz and Zach Wheeler all five of them tore their UCLs and with Degrom and Matz while they were in the minors Matt Harvey in his second season with with the French uh, with the big league team Zach Wheeler in twenty fifteen who missed a couple of years because his Tommy John surgery was in March, but and now Noah Syndergaard in, was the only one that hadn't torn to UCL yet, and is going to miss 2020 and at least part, part of 2021. But I I don't I don't have any expectations for Noah Syndergaard pitching next year, given the recovery of Zach Wheeler and how slow that was with all the setbacks. And Wheeler got it didn't pitch it didn't pitch in 2015 when the Mets made it to the World Series didn't Pitch in 2016 when the Mets made the playoffs as a wild card team, but this was the bottom line, and here is the reality of the situation when it comes to the New York Mets: that Brody Van Wagenen rolled the dice last year and came up craps. It was playoffs or bust. The Mets did not make the playoffs, and I think, and I'll tell you that Brody Van Wagenen will be fired if the Mets don't make the playoffs this year, and their entire strategy. So for the 2020 Mets to be successful this year, has crashed. Now, in bigger w- worldwide news, and, and and it's good that this, this governing body addressed this now, is that the International Olympic Committee announced that the Tokyo Summer Olympics uh, that were scheduled for this summer will be postponed by a year, Due to the concerns revolving the coronavirus, a lot of local, state, and national governments have utilized a point of emphasis uh, by overdoing such measures to protect their citizens from the effects of COVID-19. And no question there are measures like we haven't seen in 700 years of history, but the governments around the world have made it clear that they won't know if they overspent. Or overregulated to curb the disease, and they won't know if they were perfectly economical and they guessed uh, and they were exactly running everything. Chances are they probably weren't, but it would be apparent if they underutilized and underestimated the resource needed to their fullest. This was always the case during any type of crisis, let alone a health crisis, unlike anything the world hasn't seen since the Black Death in 1347. Pushing the Olympics back a year under these extraordinary circumstances is the right move and the only move. But you also need to uh, think about this for a second. And I wrote this. I wrote an article in in the in my school newspaper about three years ago about L.A. and and how they were p- pushed back, I think this is going to be a disguised blessing in terms of, of how uh, how Tokyo and Japan could benefit from this. First of all, this might be an immediate economic reboot for, for them, that they wouldn't have to worry about health concerns next year and... And they'll have more time to gear up, as I as I have thought about when LA lost in twenty twenty four the twenty twenty four Olympics to Paris and the twenty twenty eight Olympics that they had to settle for, uh, which uh, when the uh, when the International Olympic Committee voted on the two cities in twenty seventeen, and I think that and I think you 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 have those two uh, points of conversation. But let's also remember that the conversation has to revolve around playing not to underestimate the enemy. And in this instance, it's the public health threat of the coronavirus. The only disruptions in summer Olympic history were during the two world wars. One Olympiad, and so 1916, the Olympics were, postponed, were canceled because of World War I in Europe. And then... <coughs> And then World War II took place from 1939 to 1945, and so it shut down the Olympics in 1940 and 1944 before they resumed in 1948. The coronavirus is about the closest thing to a global conflict since then, except it's not humans against humans, it's humans against the disease. And I applaud the International Olympic Committee for doing what's right, the Japanese government as well for understanding the circumstances and I think the human condition, seeing what life without culture is like in 2020 as as it should be. And this was or this was the same with after World War II in 1945 with all of the post-war optimism, the, th- this will evolve, I believe. Into something that makes the human condition more profound than it's ever been. So good job by the International Olympic Committee. Good job by, uh, jo- good by. Good job by Japan to uh, to ma- make this wise decision, decision and a difficult decision in this time of crisis. You are listening to Hooked on Sports on Spotify, Copy RSS, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the show, here's John Flynn. so with 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 not much in the way of sports conversation and in sporting events going on in in, in the US for the for the foreseeable future i think this would be a good time for uh, for me to bring up um something that really uh, really bodes well with me because uh, because um many of whoever knows me personally knows that but I am into sports trivia. I am like a sports trivia buff in in, in terms of in, in terms of what I do. And, and and many of you know that that I that I, that, that I could tell you uh, who won the Super Bowl in what particular year, or or who won the World Series. I I'm not particularly as strong in the NBA and, uh, and the Stanley Cup Finals because because I was more ingrained into baseball and football at a younger age and so the so the facts stick to me but but b- baseball trivia is something that I've really um, expanded on um, the, la- the last few years so when so when I first joined Facebook uh, w- which was out of high school that um, I I joined this uh, this group of like fifteen thousand people called Baseball Trivia and Statistics, and 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 it's really something where you can a- you can ask a lot of uh, you can ask particular questions. You can do a lot of baseball research on Baseball Research or uh, BaseballReference.com, which is like my my primary go-to source for sports stats, and that and that's where I go to evaluate all the rosters and in baseball, in terms of how they, how they stack up for that, that particular season, but, but the, the idea of, um, of, of doing baseball trivia is that, that you have 150 years of base of baseball history right, right before you, when the, a professional uh, and even when the National Association started in 1871 and th- you're going to hear a lot of these stories and Yan- yankee fans like know the story about the 1927 Yankees and the murder as well and one of the greatest teams of all time that that they'll they'll tell you about uh, about the the, the 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 home run chase between Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle in 1961 they'll tell you about Reggie Jackson and, and the three home run game to win the 1977 World Series. By the way, the three pitchers who ran, who Reggie Jackson hit the three home runs off of were uh, Charlie Charlie Ho and Mano Sosa and um, and and Bert Hooten, uh, in, in case any of you knew knew about that, um, And I, and I and I'm trying to remember like what was the movie that. Um, yeah, that that famous question of the famous trivia question was um so was it was part of pop culture, but but th- these are some of the things that 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 not not only do I have to know as as sportscasters and 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 something and with me go trying to get into the sportscast industry, I know that's something that that I, I need that I need and I and I, and I can certainly uh, put a uh, put a lot of strength and, and I' use that as one of my biggest assets in terms of landing a job in in the sports casting industry I so, but I I've, but it's it's really um I think thinking about what the idea um, re- really is when you look at um, when, when you look at sports trivia and and, and and i and i also have I've got gotten a lot, watched a lot of mech games even even when i, when I was little and, and i would usually like see the flow of the game and then and see how and how the tv broadcast goes and and, and you'd always see these cer- these certain trivia questions and and it, it prompts the audience to play along as well while the game is still going on and and a, lo- a lot of where 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 my a lot of the big reasons where my my big sports conversation comes from is in in terms of it, it comes in terms of no- knowing knowing certain things and knowing and and knowing the uh, knowing the and, um, and 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 and, and the and the fact that I was the, the fact that I I'm into this and and I even got a couple a, a couple of books but um a, a lot of books on my shelf in the uh, in on my bookshelf a, a lot about baseball and nonfiction and and really a lot of facts surrounded by baseball and I really use like a lot a lot of these to um to uh, re- really enhance my knowledge in baseball and. But th- but this baseball trivia page on Facebook, I'll I'll, I'll dive back into that. But but it re- really tells you about about a lot of players who who you've never heard of before. That, that I the one one of the first ones I was really ingrained to was um were former White Sox and Orioles great and the great shortstop Louis Aparicio, who is the so who, in fact, was the first player from Venezuela inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and he, he was he was an integral part in the nineteen fifty nine White Sox in, in winning their first American League pennant in forty years, getting the getting the White Sox to the World Series, and and another thing that that people keep bringing up is that is that he he really set, set the stage in terms of what. A modern-day shortstop does in terms of of, of how how he feels and 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 how he approaches the game defensively because we we can all talk about uh, we, we we talk about um the, the offensive stats which which draws a lot of people into but but a lot of people are missing out on what uh, uh, what the the entire picture is and. And, and and you look at what he did with with the um, White Sox, and it was him, and Nelly Fox, uh, that really the, the, those Go Go Sox teams. Um. That and, and this was uh, like a, a few few years um uh in a few years waiting because the White Sox kept finishing second and third and and it was year after year that they could uh, they couldn't get over the hump over the Yankees who were just so you know, who won um, nine American League pennants in a ten-year span and 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 the White Sox were were the team that uh, that re- really could make, Theoretically, could have won two or two or three World Series in the fifties if it wasn't for the Yankees and and you you have to think if the Yankees weren't uh what what the Yankees were during during those times and every year they, they expect to go to the World Series and expect to win the World Series uh based based on the talent that the Yankees had back then that you you got to figure what what uh, what would it be? Would the legacies of Nelly Fox and Louis Aparicio be, uh, be what it was? Because you, because you, you also think about this too. That that dur- during those during those times that the, uh, the a lot of the uh, there were very few night games back back then, and so like so the only the only way you can get 154 games in a regular season that's that's how many games regular season was with the eight teams in each league. So that you only had to play during during the day games, and then and then you you needed to have you have good good teams and, and to really set set yourself up for huge attendance rates and and, and that that's why the attendance in in, in um ba- baseball back then equal to what what it would be like in in today's NBA or today's NHL games about around ten to fifteen thousand, or and in some cases when you have a Full capacity, twenty thousand. But that was part of what the game the game was like back then. So you, you and, and so you had that. Um, you you also uh, and also p- pitching as well. That we, we we ask a lot of questions about pitching, and that and that we we bring up the likes of Ferg- Ferguson Jenkins, Tom Seaver ba- back back of the day, Warren Spahn, Warren Marshall. That we a lot of questions are being asked about him, and then. And then of course the uh, they talk about Noah and Ryan the uh, the other records he he said along with the seven no hitters and the most strikeouts of all time the most walks issued of all time. So about a, a lot of what that that group does and, and like when, when I'm when I'm on Facebook I I usually look on the b- baseball trivia page and see what questions and I even ask some questions as well and like the the most. Uh, uh, a couple of the questions that, that that I'll bring up right now because I'm on my laptop uh, right now. In ter- uh, and that it's some of the questions that I asked on um, um, that that in terms uh, in terms of what I asked. Um, so, so like a question like this that who holds the single season record for lead-off home runs and th- there were 12 comments on, on there and a, a lot of uh, then there was some get some guesses like Ricky Henderson who like yeah hit, hit a lot who was a power hitting lead off that can hit, be used so many different ways Otis Nixon Brady Anderson that one season 96 where we had 50 home runs for Baltimore uh, but, uh, but, it, but the answer was Alfonso Soriano who did it for the 2003 Yankees. I I also um, I also asked who recorded the only 100 RBI 100 plus RBI season where the RBI total was greater than the hit total and and the answer to that was Mark McGuire where he had 147 RBI's and 145 hits in 1999 where that so he that was that was the sixty-five home run season, and he hit seventy home uh, seventy home runs the year prior to set the single-season home run record at the time, and and and, and you and and there, and, and you're, you're not going to get the the um the obvious trivial questions like um the three uh Reggie Jackson the three home run game uh you're not going to get qu- any questions about um. Game, game six of the 1986 world series everyone t- talks about buckner and, and and another another question that that's being commonly asked uh, was who was on deck when bobby thompson hit the shot heard round the world in 1951 the answer of course was Billy mays uh, who was on deck at the time and and who and who knows what would have happened if bobby thompson didn't hit the home run of Ralph Branca in 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 1951 to send the Giants to the World Series. Um, so, but um, so, but you, but the, the, in in terms of baseball, you have so much data, and and this is, and even too in football that you have so much data that that has been compiled because of uh, because of all uh, because of all the games that are being played that you can accommodate that into. Uh, into a, a certain narrative, and a, and and then the then the certain trivia questions, and so and 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 that that was a part of my inspiration to to becoming a sportscaster, and 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 to do a radio show in college for three years, to write for, to be the sports manager at at my at my college or school newspaper, and and why I do podcasts today because of. A lot of sports conversation delves into the into the facts, like like what facts do general managers know about certain players so they want to sign as free agents? What 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 points of conversation do uh, does the Hall of fame, uh, fame have in terms of who who, who they're going to elect? And remember, at the end, and the last time I went to Cooperstown for the Baseball Hall of Fame was 2010, and so Tom's. Steven was the only guy inducted as a med, and I was focused on seeing Tom Seaver's plaque in the Hall of Fame and that. But bec- because I'm more ingrained into one particular thing, that you miss so much more of baseball history. Uh, that that so many uh, ideas and 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 so and so many personalities that the. Uh, that that baseball has seen over the last uh, 150 years is re- really masked because because uh, because of the lack of uh, the lack of information we we really intend to perceive and, and what we uh, what, what we want to ingest into seeing that conversation going forward so so and and I and I would suggest that anyone who, who wants to be a sportscaster, you need to know your your sports trivia because you never know when it uh, comes back to bite you and uh, when when it comes to do, doing uh, all these live shows. So 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 that that's something that we, you know all sportscasters uh, need need to really put something into uh, into injection. Uh, as we go forward. So, this is going to do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn. I'm saying so long, and I'll see you next week for the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hooked on Sports. Thank you to Anchor.fm for giving me a platform to produce simulating sports content, and thank you to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, and Copy RSS for giving me more platforms.